0: Stop.
2: Hi, welcome to the AI movie night. I almost said AI comic pod because I'm so used to saying that now. Um, I'm your host, Rory Greenfield. I've got with me, as per the last pod, Luke Chandley and Simon Dowling. And we're talking more about David Fincher. Um, We last discussed Zodiac, which is Simon's pick. And uh, Luke's pick was just skin of the teeth, uh, social network. (laughs) Um, I'm going to talk about my pick and then we will... Luke let you talk about girl with a dragon tattoo and we will talk about seven and do some questions as well. Um, I couldn't do this podcast without talking about fight club and remarkably up until in the whole of part one, we barely touched on the subject. Um, Fight club for me is, is one of the most defining films of my generation. It covers subject matters, which, you know, it's 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 obviously on a very bold scale, but it does cover mental health, and it does cover people in difficult situations. And it does cover what people maybe are driven to from the kind of boredom and you know, difficulty of, of modern society and modern living. It's 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 kind of fighting in the face of everything it says in the film about people collecting every page of the IKEA. Furniture catalog and <laughs> um, and all the kind of difficulties of working those kind of jobs and, and 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 conforming as such and and what Edward Norton incredible performance delivers is is a character that's that's basically wrestling with his own self consciousness and and ultimately becomes schizophrenic. Which if you haven't seen Fight Club, please watch it before you listen to this because th- there is a very big spoiler in this film which I've just delivered. Um, which <laughs> Edward Norton and Brad Pitt are the same person um, in the sense that, you know, he makes up Brad Pitt's character in his head and ultimately kind of goes down the line of becoming him by inventing Fight Club, inventing the kind of Project Mayhem, you know, is doing Helena Bottom Carter on the side in his own head, you know, I mean Um, it's it's quite an incredible performance because the first time I watched it I didn't know and I think with internet being as it is now would you have been spoiler free going into this i probably doubt it Um, it's the kind of film that has got a an incredible twist and as much as you might start to click I don't think you really ever well I I didn't it was 99 it came out so I was what 15 16 I think for me, I was too gullible. I I wasn't, (laughs) you know, straight into the trap of thinking, yeah, yeah, that's, it's definitely, definitely the same guy. He's definitely Tyler Durden Uh, (laughs) until the moment he realises. And and for me, it just shocked me. And I I just, you know, there's a lot to talk about this film. I'll let the guys talk a little bit and then I'll I'll talk more about it. But for me, it's just such an incredible film. And I've said incredible a lot. Um recently <laughs> on these podcasts um but it it kind of covers everything I loved in the film, so it's got that kind of high octane high energy it's got quite high stakes for me because of what is going on around him It's got an incredible incredible soundtrack um capped off for me by an incredible pixie song and it's just it's it's just the kind of film that that really does make you wake up and and pay attention and it's produced in a, a typically kind of fincher stylistic way. Um, but very edgy and very dark at times. Um, some really kind of bold filmmaking which I don't think I'd seen before watching this. And and honestly, I, I not always, but you know, I haven't seen a lot of that since then because it's almost twenty years old and it's still for me incredibly groundbreaking. So um Simon, I'll come to you. What are your your thoughts? This was close to being your pick, I think.
3: Yeah, I I was very to picking it. For me, it's probably like a little bit what you mentioned. It it just reminds me of being around like maybe like eighteen. It just reminds yeah. me of that time of being young and wanted to kind of. Rebel a little bit and do my own thing. Well, not, maybe not quite so far. You know. Maybe <laughs> let off a couple of, you know, like a. Mate, I that banger here and there. I or but... I
2: wanted that leather jacket when I was 18. I,
3: <laughs> I was gonna actually say that outfit that he wears is just so iconic. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah,
4: it is, isn't it? Yeah,
3: it's yeah. just such a good outfit, and he wears it so well. I think I think I think that's probably my favorite. My my favorite Brad Pitt film. I think he's just so it's 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 like the epitome of him i think he just plays that like he is him it's just like to me he, he that's so brad pitt you know a, yeah i, I he think just has that way that he brad talks pitt. or something
2: yeah i think he's just effortlessly cool man on, on in that oh, film yeah. i think i think everyone looks at him and just goes i i'm my mate and i'm not not joking my mate growing up basically he cut his hair to try and look like Tyler <laughs> Durden, bought a leather jacket and went to the gym Jesus. a shitload to try. And, and he still, he failed so badly. <laughs> uh, he, no, he gave it a good go. But, you know, yeah. no one's emulating Brad Pitt in that role. And, and yeah, you're right. It's, it, it, I it's those a defining kind of, yeah. performance of his career for me. Yeah,
3: I miss those kind of films that major, like, I suppose it's kind of what it was, it was, it's just think of when, when you were a certain kind of an age and you were very yeah. just very influenced by films like i found like like a film like like that and maybe something like pulp fiction would have just been films that lived with me you know at that time they just had yeah. a massive effect on me and also i didn't read the book until a little bit after but i'm a massive fan of the book and i'm a massive fan of Chuck Palahniuk books. And I just think he's just such a weird, he like writes the weirdest books. And I just think he really captured just the spirit of that book and the spirit of that time. And most of his books are about that kind of thing as well. And it's just, it's just one of those films that it'd be very hard to not, that it wouldn't make like your top 10 films. You know, I just think it's just got so much in it and it's dark. It's got, Humour, it's got it's got meatloaf with man tits, you know, it's got oh. what, what, what do you want. Oh, I mean. Bob with the finch tits. <laughs> and the man. soundtrack. Bob is my is incredible. Character. Oh, Bob is brilliant. And I just I don't know, I just think that it just does everything right. Yeah. You no. Know? I, I don't I think nothing you, bad think in you, the film.
2: No, I think I think you you spot on there really. I I mean it's a hell in the bottom car as well. I mean just oh. Marla Singer, growing up, I was like, my God, this woman's incredible. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's a 16-year-old boy, this woman who just speaks like that and just, oh, I don't know, man, she's just effortlessly cool. She just, because she didn't give a shit. And I think when you're that age, it, it, yeah, she, she was just perfectly cast in this. I mean, she's an interesting actress. And obviously she's had this uh, marriage with Tim Burton and on, on-running relationship. But when she kind of steps out of the Tim Burton bubble and does films like this, um, she's she's quite quite remarkable. And and as you said, I mean, Meatloaf, what inspired casting it's <laughs> that. I mean, what a character to think of. It's crazy to think of this juice head who, who was kind of had his own <laughs> videos and took too many steroids and, and then ended up with this high-pitched voice and giant tits. It's just like the weirdest, weirdest take. But yeah. almost... He, and then and he knows that i'm not you know but he knows he's delivering an element of comic you know comic kind of backdrop dark black comedy obviously it's 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 very it's comic film but um but there's elements there where he's he's delivering that because he's he's that character and when when he comes to the house to kind of Auditions against Project Mayhem to pass the kind of recruitment thing where they have to stand there for three days and get held abused. He basically walks off <laughs> walks the, away the he. steps after the first <laughs> bit of abuse and then he has to go back as as Edward Norton. Um, yeah, rather He's and like old oh, man. No, no Bob his stage. He's got to stay, man. It's fine. <laughs> it's just, it's like, just hilarious. Part of the process. Um, just wait a yeah, yeah, it's part of the process. You, so don't don't run off.
3: Um, have you? Re- where is? Have yeah, have you re- read from. the book? No. no. I think you should. Read the oh, I think I you're... should. Yeah. Yeah. I think I should. I didn't it actually complements the we, film. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. I, d- like, I didn't cause... know it
2: exactly. I didn't know it was based on the. Book. I I think I might have done, but I've never yeah. thought of it to pay that point of attention. Now. But so. it's
3: worth the like. I feel like it kind of works well with the book, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's not just like a like a bad no, book I or what you bad film. I mean, know, so it works really it's, well.
2: It's it's, it's it, sometimes they do kind Of running harmony, I always said, High yeah. Fidelity was one of those where I love the book and I love the film equally because they're quite different, but they're obviously the same, um, in terms of what they cover. And, and there's occasions where it works. Um, Luke, was it a
4: rewatch? Oh, it was a rewatch today, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a rewatch. Um, I honestly think the last time I saw it before about two hours ago was probably like 15 years ago, like it was oh, really, shit, man. really long time wow. ago, and so much so that I was like, I knew. So I I knew the twist like I, I did know it from just from pop culture, but at the same yeah. time like you kind of doubt yourself like it's been that long you kind of think did is that what happens like I, I'm gonna actually like have to I'm properly pay to attention. I'm to kick you off this pod, man. I can't believe <laughs> <Yeah. 15 years. laughs> Just press the eject button, just straight yeah, out the pod. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, and so I rewatched it today, um and, and you just know like it is. Like the defining kind of Fincher film, so you and you've got to rewatch it before you come on. And and I I rewatched it almost from knowing the from kind of knowing the twist and yes. taking a look at it as in like how did the scenes how oh, did the scenes well, cope it knowing it's
2: a great rewatch man yeah mm. right, it's, mm. a, re-watch, it's a
4: lovely rewatch yeah
2: because that's the part of it that's so clever. Like, there's not many films where it's got such a big reveal, like, say, The Sixth Sense, which I think probably did it for a lot of people, um, where they go back and watch it and go, shit, that's he's not talking, you know, he's n- he's yeah. not in the room, or, or the mum can never see him, do you know what I mean? He never yeah. interacts, where people don't get that at the first watch. And it's the same with this film. You watch it second back and you go, shit, that makes so much sense. Because yeah. it, is, it, is, it is clever, because it, it does put you in the kind of Tyler Durden mindset, when he's Tyler, you do think he's a different character and they show both on screen and you, until the reveal you're like, well, how could he be beating himself, you know, beating himself up, which he is. Do you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. The the initial scene in the car park and and that, that famous scene in, well, in the, in the kind of, in the bar kind of parking lot where, you know, puts the beers down and, and they, they just have a fight, and then people start crowding around and watching. He's just kicking himself. He's just beating the shit out of himself. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, and that's why people get that intrigue. They go, "Why the hell is this guy doing this?" And then they just want that buzz. They just want to escape. You know, the reason it catches on and that that you know Fight Club exists is because people I don't know want to feel something other than nine to five. I mean, th- th- like I said, there are some comedic elements to it. The part when they said you've got to start a fight with someone you don't know, and the the guy's washing the cars and, and spraying the hose of the fruits. Yeah. You know, um, it is very, very Chasing funny, him yeah. across the kind of, you know, the, the yeah. supermarket and trying to get, you know, these paperwork or briefcase on the floor. It's just hilarious. Um, there are scenes like that in it that really do get you, um, but ultimately it revolves around Edward Norton. And I mean, I'm not going to use that I word again. Uh, it's it's an well <laughs> it, use another one. It's an insanely good performance. He <laughs> he does he, he plays that haggard insomniac so, really well. So well. Yeah, and and as he degrades as the film goes on, you know, Tyler obviously almost gets better looking. Brad Pitt does, and he mm-hmm. just gets more and more exhausted with with the day to day living of things. Um, and that's where his mind slowly starts to become tyler and, and almost he he isn't in the same room as him he he blacks out for days on end and you know doesn't you know he feels one step behind in those kind of chase from one airport to the next and one town to the next scenes because he's slowly losing control and and that's the part that is great i mean the iconic scenes in this and there are tens of them um the, the scene ultimately where where he leaves his job I mean he keeps going back into work there's one point where he's just smoking he's not got a tie on he's got blood on his shirt he's just literally past caring he's <laughs> is is at it the all. end
4: of his tether isn't he yeah, yeah.
2: yeah he's literally gone he doesn't give a shit he's just doing whatever he wants and he keeps saying that you know um I got up in every everyone's tiny little face and up their noses and stuff he you know just doesn't give a shit um and he's making photocopies of Fight Club to hand out in the fax machine <laughs> 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 it's just he just doesn't care <laughs> and then the scene ultimately where he he's he's getting compensation you know he, he comes to the conclusion he can't work there anymore that's it over, and he acts like his boss has kicked the shit out of him. And that's clever on a lot of levels because obviously it's quite funny, it's quite bold, um, and those elements. But ultimately, he's done that while at the same time he's just been kicking a shit out of himself in Fight Club at the beginning and and in that other car park scene, to, you know, towards the culmination of the film. Um, and you don't clock, I don't think. I, I didn't clock it. Do you know what I mean? And, and then when you watch it, you go, "Christ, this guy's really good at beating." Him. Himself off, you know, <laughs> <laughs> quite dramatically, um, and it's clever because there's a lot of parts of the film where you should trigger and you should get it, but you just don't. And I mean that shocked me. It really did. Um, Simon, what's your kind of take on? Do you remember when you first watched it in that regard?
3: I was shocked. I was just like, I couldn't believe it. It was just such a huge thing. It's like it's just one of those times you're just watching the film and that big kind of comes up and you're just like how you're just like what <laughs> it makes you rethink yeah. the whole film then but what's in like um definitely very interesting to watch it back when you know t- the twist because um Helena Bonham Carter's character always yeah. kind of s- picks up on it and is like what kind of like why you, know, why like, are you like, being like, weird oh why you being it's weird the, or like, the morning after, talking isn't to it? It? Yeah, so it's kind yeah. of her who you kind of think there's something weird and also. I don't think I don't know if this is a thing that I picked up the first time I watched, but when I rewatched it, Brad Pitt appears on the screen in little bursts before he appears in the film. It's, it's Did you guys the, pick up on that? Yeah, little, so, like,
2: like you know what they say about his shot. character. So he was the he was the guy that um, he had two jobs. Tyler Durden, quite famously, and, and he made soap as, as a third job. Yeah. So he, he made soap um, and sold it. He sold their asses, fat asses, back to them is what they said in the film, which is great. Um yeah. And then he also was the guerrilla terrorist of the restaurant world, where he you know, pissed in the soup and he... Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they say about the the, the cream of the soup or whatever. And Something about <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, and then his other job was working in a cinema late at night and cutting scenes into films. Oh like yeah, yeah. So he kind famously, of put some stuff. Yeah. And they call it a cigarette burn, where yeah. it's 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 like a, a moment in a film where you just see a trigger point in the top of of a screen um where the, the scene is is cut from one to the next. And the famous in the film is when he's he's put it basically implying it was Tom and Jerry. And he put a big fat cock in the middle of the scene, and everyone <laughs> knew, even though it was only on scene for, for a second, everyone knew what they'd seen. All <laughs> the kids are crying in the audience. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, that's what it's implying so the, yeah those those points where it's it, very
3: strange it isn't it clicks
2: yeah. in clicks him in and out like he's coming into his consciousness um and yeah you don't know i think yeah. there's one you clock there was one i clocked the first time i watched it but i think yeah. most of the time you don't and that happens quite a lot in that film yeah, um,
3: yeah it's strange isn't it it's, 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 it's a great clever, rewatch
2: though. and actually do you know yeah. what? every time i rewatch it there's probably something else in there i might have missed
3: yeah um, definitely yeah so Arrest. you to see that I read something very strange about the film which I hadn't ever heard before, which I just uh, found earlier on. Apparently there's there is a Starbucks cup visible in every single in every single <laughs> scene in the film throughout the whole film. There's a Starbucks which is That insane. surprises
2: me. It's I know crazy. there's a lot of scenes that make sense with that because there are yeah. a lot of city scenes and a lot in the offices and and yeah, there's a bit around, obviously, there's a lot of flying and in and out of airports and stuff. I can imagine there's a Starbucks cup in the kitchen because they were in that kitchen of that derelict house quite a lot. Yeah, I must.
3: Um, it would be interesting to
2: Yeah. actually see but, if that's but true. I'm by, intrigued by it.
3: Um, and
2: he's yeah, claimed.
3: I mean, apparently he said it himself okay
2: well it's probably maybe it is it is about consumerism i mean the whole film is (laughs) exactly about that though isn't it i mean that's what the
3: subtleties of it and all the little yeah
2: yeah and ultimately the guy goes to the point of of blowing up his own condo because he's trying to escape (laughs) trying to escape that life do you know what i mean and that's the extremes he goes to and then basically goes and lives in a derelict house and it's just it's it's crazy you're right the scenes with marla which is like the night after the or the, the you know morning after the night before um are really clever and i don't know why i didn't trigger um but
3: i think you it. just think that she's a bit mad and you, well, yeah she's she, a yeah. bit mad <laughs> so like you don't really think that it's actually her who's the one who's seen you know
2: yeah sense. yeah exactly and obviously the scenes where you see where they're having sex it's, it's never implied it's him he's all always out the room you know he's he's visible to it um you can always hear it um but they show him in different parts of the house or um yeah it's you're right it's it is very clever i mean the 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 scene quite pivotal in it is when Brad Pitt's speaking for him and he's kind of in the in the basement steps and and she's kind of oh yeah yeah. she's questioning him more um and he's starting to backtrack a little bit and he says, this conversation is over. Do you know what I mean? And and he basically, it's Brad Pitt protecting Speaking his kind own of identity. For, yeah. it's, it's protecting that Tyler Durden, basically. um, But the moment when he calls her and says, you know, what's my name? And she says, Tyler Durden, Tyler Durden, Tyler Durden. And it triggers at that point after he'd gone to that other city. And the guy said, you know, look don't speak to me about this and um it's so clever and and the guys in project mayhem aren't backing down and in in the police station as you mentioned where it's like you know (laughs) you can't speak about it Yeah, don't speak about project mayhem (laughs) yeah don't speak about project mayhem but it said you know tyler would say you'd say this
4: and
3: (laughs) and he
2: he definitely and he definitely said you'd say that
3: (laughs) that's a
4: really funny bit yeah i I i think that might be like my I think that's the funniest scene because it is it is yeah. that bit where the where the bigger lad says, Oh no, we definitely say you said that. And it's like <laughs> yeah. and it's like it's just so great. he you, you kinda of think he's never gonna get out of this situation. Like he's built this for himself. It's really really, really funny. Yeah, it is. Um I mean,
2: I know Luke, you, you missed the ending and we did <laughs> briefly talk about it, when it came on. <laughs> um but the ending I mean for me is it is quite a, a big David Fincher ending into a film. He he ultimately goes to the point of shooting a gun in his mouth, surviving incredibly and feeling all, almost all right, despite the fact he can almost blow his throat off and can barely speak. And the whole of the, the city is blowing up around them because of the bombs they've, they've set. And it's kind of, I don't know, it, it's, it's crazy. It's a full cycle. And he's there with Marla in the kind of ruins of what's gone on before. and And it's almost a happy ending, despite being, a really fucked up film do you know what I mean (laughs) um you don't see you don't think long term what is going to happen but ultimately it's the guy that's kind of come to control of his own mind and and that's all that matters to him do you know what I mean and we said before and and you'll hear the song coming into this these podcasts which is Pixies Where Is My Mind and it just the soundtrack in this is is really good it's um i can't remember who produced it but it's it's kind of heavy bass um lots of beats not not lyric kind of songs based until pixies kicks in um and it it really does define the kind of film and like you say stylistically it's probably the coolest film i've ever seen i would put it in that category
4: yeah so what, what i obviously i was re-watching it um and i think when i the reason i think it, it took me so long to kind of re-watch it was i think i was just at that age where, like you said, I hadn't really matured, I don't think, as a film fan. And it's kind of, I think, it's quite long. It's got messages that aren't overly obvious. And, and at points, I think, at points, it kind of not as obvious that there's something between Tyler and the unnamed yeah. character. But you do go, you know, what? And then you go, and then, but then the, movie, the film moves on and you're kind of like, oh, well, whatever. I'll just, I've, got, I've got to crack on with watching the film. and it's. I think it's that yeah. thing. But but I think, actually, what rewatching it at the moment, I think it's very... It's kind of almost like, um, and in just in like a really weird like six degrees of separation, where it's kind of like, for me, the American train spotting almost, in terms of it's very gritty. That's... It's kind of, it's about that um, there's more to life, you know, choose life. There's a, lot of, there's, there's a train spotting poster. Yeah. Um, it's kind of about that, isn't it? There's more than, you know, give away all your items. There's more to, to life than consumerism. Gritty. Yeah. It's very grunge. I think. I think even though the film was made in '99, it feels very '95, '96 post-grunge, a bit dirty, a bit dark. Like you say, with the, the music, is very music pixies health, That's oh, you know,
2: the,
4: the Kings of Grunge. You know, yeah, Pixies, man, for me. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I think I think that's what I noticed as like a grown-up film fan, like rewatching it, um, and it's really like you say, it is very, very cool. Um, and there's obviously complete differences between spotting, but I just think. That's kind of where it was coming from a little bit maybe. No, well, not, it's
2: yeah. a great shout. No, honestly, it, it is a great shout. Like we said, it is all about anti consumerism. That's ultimately what the message of the story is. Yeah. Um but you're right, it, it it does have that kind of and it is bold and edgy and you know, and, yeah. and gritty and and yeah, it, grudge. It's,
4: it's is a good it's search, kind of, man. It's kind of it's kind of cool when it shouldn't be. Whereas like you watch Train Spot and it almost like yeah it was it was grim, but you're like yeah this is a bit cool this isn't it? And it yeah, is kind like of I said, cool.
2: Most people idolise Brad Pitt in that film because yeah. just, yeah.
4: god disguised
2: effortlessly cool. I mean yeah. despite the one look where he almost goes full snatch, and he wears like he shaved his head at the end and he's wearing the best oh yeah that's towards <laughs> so the end isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. not a great look. It's like he's gone from you know 90s grunge into 80s discotheque it doesn't quite fit but <laughs> yeah, other yeah. than that <laughs> you think this guy's pretty damn cool and you're right I mean some of the lines in it and I, I'm just going to run through a few because for me it was all the stuff that Tyler said that just kind of hugged me um the scene on the plane when they first meet um it really gets me and when Tyler's kind of going to the bathroom um he says now a question of etiquette as I pass do I give her the ass or the crotch when he's passing me yeah, stewardess on the side, um, which I just loved because that's almost your introduction to him. Um, and we said about the, the kind of bar of soap. So Tyler sold his soap to department stores at $20 a bar. Lord knows what they charged. It was beautiful. We were selling rich women their own fat asses back to them. Um, and there's a lot of the kind of, like you said, the kind of detrimental darker kind of tones to it so listen up maggots you are not special and you're not beautiful or unique snowflake you are the same decaying organic matter as everything else yeah and then this is your life and it's ending one minute at a time um there's loads man i mean he, he has some pretty big lines in it and it's cool when you know we haven't really even talked about the element of the fight club stuff it's dark as hell i mean it's so violent at times yeah um, the scene's when Brad Pitt is getting the shit kicked out of him by Lou, who owns the kind of bar and they're fighting underneath. And he starts, he jumps on top of him and just starts bleeding all over him. And, you know, it's, that's pretty, pretty grim, pretty edgy. Um, It's a film that dices with suicide, particularly with Marla and overdosing. Um, And then there's a lot of violence when Edward Norton's character, I think, who's the blonde Guys, it's famous actor, it's Jared Leto Jared Leto, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah So, and he He feels jealous of him because he Feels like Tyler's picked him over Himself, which is crazy because He's basically jealous of himself Which is weird um, He's jealous, <laughs> you know, it's it's a weird That part is, is a quite a strange Element of it and, and He kicks the shit out of him in Fight Club He wants to destroy something beautiful Is what he says, you know yeah. um, And that kind of of edge to him where he's really on the edge of psychotic and 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 unstable completely and his mind's almost gone and then he kind of comes to a realization that you know after 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 Bob's death really you know um that that's that's kind of what triggers it for him yeah it Um, is isn't it you know Mm. he comes to a kind of awakening conclusion that it's not just a game anymore it's life and death situation so yeah, I mean, there's loads of untones. Again, like Zodiac, we could probably talk. Well, I could clearly talk all day about an <laughs> incredible world about four thousand times. But um, it's it, to me, it's just an, it's an iconic, like Train Spotting, as you mentioned. And it's a film that will always remain in my my kind of my most memorable, most iconic films for me in in my whole lifetime. So yeah, wins for me. I'm gonna do a couple of questions, um, and then. Luke, I'll give you a little bit of a soapbox for *Go with the Dragon Tattoo, and then we'll briefly kind of talk talk on Seven. Um, So the questions I got asked, and I'm remarkably unprepared. Give me a second. There's a couple of good ones. Um, One that a good friend, Harinder Singh, asked about Fincher using Brad Pitt a lot in his films. Um, I think directors tend to do that. I think if you look at Nolan's work with Using Michael Caine, using Killian Murphy in most of the films. Obviously, got uh, kind of strong nuance for using Christian Bale with the Prestige and obviously Batman films. Um, and you know there'll be there'll be others to come. Um, you look at modern Scorsese using DiCaprio in, in everything, and you can you can work with him on really. And you know directors, what they do is they find an actor that that get their vision and work well with them, and maybe. It works in conjunction you, you find that i think a director often gets the best out of an actor maybe an actor you know pushes a director and in, in, you know and that kind of partnership really does work so you know brad pitt for me has done most of his best work when he's with fincher um and i think it might not happen again but i'd like to see it at some stage because i think brad pitt has still got a lot to offer as an actor he doesn't always pick bold choices anymore he's gone through a kind of up and down patch of of films and and yeah it'd be nice to see him do something that's a little bit more you know extreme
4: as such um i think i think just on that point so i was yeah. obviously just doing my research which basically involved googling david fincher five minutes before we uh, did the show nice, but I, nice. he's <laughs> he's he's slated to do well was he too with with
2: yeah. oh yeah so, that's been so that yeah. be interesting that's
4: um, so like that'd be that interesting.
2: First, I like that film as I well. Did. Uh, it's I, not I a did. great fast zombies. Normally annoy me, but actually it kind of works.
4: Yeah, I think it'd be interest. I think it almost have maybe ran its course for me. Like I enjoyed the first one. I could rewatch it, um, but I didn't think it had much more in it. Like in the uh, in the bank, but it's almost like yeah. it's been given a, re, a kind of a rebirth if Finch is taken it on. Cause then you kind of think, well, that's going to get your kind of your core film fans back involved. It'll be, it'll be um, a
2: rebirth entirely. Yeah. It won't really be the same. And also, it'll um, have a good script attached to it, which will help. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd just chir- ch- chirp in. There no, no, no. So not Brad Pitt. Yeah.
2: Mm. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting. Actually. Yeah. World War Z was probably one of his better films, Brad Pitt. And he carried that film um, at times. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, recent times anyway a um, few questions uh, from Simba242 who I chat with quite regularly really good taste um, Fight Club best scene has to be uh, the self-fight in Ikea furnishings which I really like the Ikea furnishings again really good visual where they're kind of filling the room with the, the catalogue pages I think it looks great um, Bromance with Brad Pitt uh, yeah, that's good for us uh, Favourite David movie I think we like them all But we're talking a little bit on that um, Like the use of his silhouettes In his movies I think Simon you talked a bit on that Some stage mm-hmm. in the last pod Maybe not quite um,
3: Near enough to it, yeah
2: Yeah, it, we we kind of got that
3: impression like When he shoots it. his yeah, films Yeah, yeah exactly I mean? yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Does he have a weird fascination about suicide? Or do they make for good endings? I think they make for damn good endings. Um, yeah. And happy endings, are they overrated? Because his villains seem to win. Um, Yeah, they are overrated. I think Hollywood has a fascination with happy endings. And occasionally it's nice for moulds to be broken. Um, uh, I will mention La La Land again, only because it's a very typically heavy romantic kind of film where everyone expected the typical ending and it had completely reverse of that. And that's quite rare um, in those kind of films. I think, you know, you you have directors going out of the way to be controversial and do, you know, random endings that don't always work out. But I think Fincher kind of knows exactly. I don't know if he's a director that works in reverse. I know a lot of directors work from the end of the film and then kind of work backwards because they know exactly how they want it, boldness to end, and then then kind of work from there. Um, I think it's a good point to talk about Seven... Which probably has one of the boldest endings, or most iconic endings of all time, uh, with the sentiments from Brad Pitt. What's in the box? Seven's an incredible film. I, I've not really talked about Spacey since what came out about Spacey. It does make you look at in in a slightly different light. Personally, I look back at Baby Drive and see things a little bit differently. And I'm not sure that's maybe a topic for another, comb- you know, another pod, really. But yeah looking back at this performance in Seven, he plays a psychotic lunatic uh, obsessed with, you know, the seven deadly sins, And maybe it's, maybe it's fitting because <laughs> he's not a <laughs> man in real life. Uh, yeah, but, not a
3: good dude.
2: Really? I mean, Seven is a film full of bold situations. Morgan Freeman is incredible as I keep saying, but he's an astonishing performance from him. Um, and it's quite a young Brad Pitt and it's quite, a new performance for him and I thought he was really interested in this and it's intriguing but Spacey does steal the show in this and that scene at the end I mean Christ what a scene I was blown away when I watched that for the first time and I still I still am to be honest if you watch that back it still gets me every time because you know what's going to happen but there's no stopping that emotional reaction from Brad Pitt Luke do you remember it the first time
4: no, honestly, I I, I remember seeing. I saw it when I was like really quite young. Or I'm yeah. going to say arg- arguably too, probably too young to watch probably it. Probably too young. Yeah. And I only <laughs> I only remembered the um, the end scene, like in the vast um, the the vast nothingness. I think I think it is, and that's kind of what I remember. Um, and it, it was one of them. I I think you could like I had quite a big Fincher binge today. And, and, and most of the films I watched were kind of ones i'd seen before or ones that i knew like we were chatting about but you could you'll always you'll always miss you know you'll always miss them and you'll always kind of there'll be films that you've not quite seen as many times you'd like to of his and and that's um that's probably one of them and that i mean i reckon if you know come back to me in a week and we'll i'll have seen that again i think i think i'm really interested in it because it is Uh, it does go uh, it goes down yeah yeah it goes down i think it's like kind of a thriller for like the ages almost and, I, and I'm big into my horror and thriller films. So like I'll, I, you know, I'll definitely be picking up on that and, and, and changing that fact quite soon. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, it's a film you do need to, it's it's hard to remember what goes on because I think that end scene steals most of your memory. You know, yeah. everyone remembers what what's in the box scene. And even if I was looking at gifts and images and famous stuff today, it's, it's always about that scene. Yeah. But all the seven deadly sins are highlighted in that film. and, there's a couple of scenes that the hallway scene where they almost catch Spacey and goes through his apartment, um, real tension in that. And and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of lesser stated scenes in this film. It's not as bold as, as maybe some of his later work. And it's a really interesting story and the narrative around Morgan Freeman and, and mentoring this younger kind of detective and their relationship. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an astonishing piece of film. Making and and it is like you said one for the ages. I think it's a thriller that is almost defining in that genre. Um, Simon, what's your take as a whole? Uh, yeah, it's
3: it's great. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of one of those films that you just you don't think about it for a while and you just go, oh, yeah, I must w- w- watch that film again. And every time I watch the film, I'm just I'm just blown away by it. I mean, it's it is definitely probably one of the best thrillers I think ever made I mean you could definitely make a pretty good argument for it being that it's definitely and it definitely defined thrillers for me I mean when was it out? was it what year was it released 95? 95 yeah oh, yeah 95. so I would have been like I would have been definitely far too young no, in this I, was first living, day. So I probably I saw it then, you know. yeah I'd say I probably would have seen it somewhere around the 2000s and I just re- like it was just it's, it's very, very dark. It's bold. It's
2: I don't think I would have got it when shock. I first watched it. I think for, No, Michael it would I have been too young. And I would I loved, but I, I think I was, it was too dark. I mean, even as a probably a 18-year-old. Yeah, it was, know, it was
3: one of those films that I was kind
2: of... Yeah.
3: yeah, definitely. It was kind of one of those films that was yeah. almost banned, wasn't it? You know, like it was like a kind of a, you know, well, don't watch that film type of thing.
2: Yeah, it had that it had that around it yeah and i think i was like we said we we're all probably a little bit too young for the initial reaction to it um because it probably did have a lot of buzz and a lot of hype and and you know it's the kind of film that people remember that one scene but like i said the whole film is is, is a masterpiece in thriller direction yeah. it really is and it builds that tension and you really didn't expect to the end and um yeah, I think it's incredible. Um, I've said that word again. Fuck <laughs> um, I'm just going to, I'm not listening back to this because I'll just be, it'd be like the incredible drinking game where you just have to,
3: you know, <laughs> I'm not going to
2: cover that Pixar film. Don't do the I, incredible,
3: right? gonna, I was going to say.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to cover that <laughs> sequel that's coming out later by Pixar this year. Um, Luke, I'll let you talk a film that I really, really, really need to rewatch, which is uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Uh, I remember when I first saw it, there's a couple of scenes in this that were extremely shocking. And I know that's from the book and, and obviously the original uh, kind of Scandi film that was made. Um, but I saw the performance in this, again, kind of different cast, which which was good because it, it felt fresh and, and quite new. But I love the Scandi noir stuff and I know a lot of people are obsessed with it. And, and this film just had that, but with Finch's kind of trademark style.
4: Yeah, I um I think that's the thing that that probably kept me or, or attracted me to the film. Um, I've I've been to kind of Scandinavia a few times, and and I it does have a soft spot with me. And then I think as an in to the film, as soon as you kind of start it for me, that's kind of what attracted me and kind of kept me going. I think um, like at the beginning almost. But I think yeah. the whole film in general, it's it's um, it's really interesting. There's some, I mean, there's some typically Fincher kind of very very dark, gory, um. Themes in there, especially yeah. with the um, there's the there's the guy who's um kind of looking after the money of the the main protagonist, which is uh, Rooney Mara, and I'm yeah. not even gonna I'm not gonna um begin to pronounce her name because I'm pretty sure it's like sits hardcore Scandinavian Uh but yeah, yes. anyway, she, so 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 there's there's that quite dark element, um, but I just think it's really really interesting because it isn't particularly I don't think it's particularly complicated, um, it's it's, it's quite not, just like it. No it's a straightforward film is I think, I think although there's some twists and turns and there is that it's definitely like who done it almost, but I think it develops into kind of, it does morph into that kind of Zodiac kind of the detective esque uh, feel to it. But um, I just think it feels really fresh again. I think it's in that kind of core Fincher films around like between probably Zodiac and Gone Girl where um, it's very simple uh, very, very, very cool in its own way. And I think considering it was taken off of like a very critically successful, um, original book, uh, and obviously original Swedish film, um, yeah. I think to, to, to do that, and a lot of them kind of Hollywood esque, uh, or Hollywood style films that do that, it falls flat. I'm just thinking of Wreck straight off the bat. The, um, the American version of that was just absolute pants. And I think I will make a rule generally not to rewatch Hollywood versions of, Foreign language films, but this one is a complete exception for me. Um, Not too complicated, not you know. I don't think it is. Whereas you've got with Fight Club, especially, I think you've kind of got to be there, haven't you? You've got your mind's got to be there. It's it's almost it's almost very Hollywood, I think, for Fincher, but not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Um, And I just I really like it. Like it's it is honestly up there for for me with with the Social Networkers um, because I do like them like the the new so they say new, it's not a newsy, no, new is it, but new films. I yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think what, uh, so if you've seen it once, Rory, what, like, what was I've your take initially? I've seen it a couple of times.
2: Yeah, yeah. i seen it a couple of times and I think I had seen the original. Um, I, I'll be honest for, for a while, the, the rape scene is pretty harrowing in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was yeah, a little it bit hard to see past it because it, there are scenes in certain films and, um, I'm doing a, and I'll talk about it more on a different pod, but I, what I'm doing at the minute is watching 100 original films I've never seen before. Um, yeah. And I'm really enjoying it, and it's something a couple of cool guys did on, on Twitter last year, and I kept seeing them do it. And there's always films that you haven't seen. There's films that I had seen, but far too young to really properly absorb it and remember it. So yeah. I've gone back and watching stuff. And there's a couple of films. There's an Australian film called... Oh god, it's not gonna help when I don't remember the name of it. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna look at my list. Um that that's got a quite uh, oh god no, I'm not, I'm not gonna spoil that actually. I'll come back and talk about it another day. Um it's a film that I think people should watch. It's been made into a TV show and it is in called Animal Kingdom. It's got really Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good Australian cast in it. Um yeah. and it's quite dark and there's one scene in particular which which kind of shocked me and left me a little bit numb to it. And I think, I think the first time I watched *Girl Drunk Too*, although it it ramps up and it's such a cool film and and all the tension and you 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 know even if you know the outcome, you you don't really know the outcome. You know, it still keeps yeah. you on tenterhooks. Um, I thought it was incredible the first time, but um, second time I I maybe got past that scene a little bit more and enjoyed it. I think more still I, and I, I do really need to watch it since I've only seen it a couple of times it, it's again trademark Fincher I, I can see why it's taking it on a bit like like you said modern films Gone Girl's got a, a kind of modern as well from a Fincher kind of point of view. And I like the films he's making now. And I like that he's going into doing some telly and some slightly different angles of stuff, because you want, you want, we talked about evolution of directors and I think it's important that they do that. I think this was quite a big film in a step in the different direction because for sure, I don't, he he makes original films and original TV shows and to do something that's been done before. is quite, it, it feels out of character for him him you know he doesn't seem to want to tread on other directors paths and i'm sure if you spoke to him and i've heard interviews with him he would give you a long list of people he he's taken inspiration from in his career and 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 growing up and and writers and other directors and producers and things but it's it's rare for a a film to be made so recently after the other one had been done um and in what is a similar enough style but just he's just done it in a retelling in a way that i think it, it he thought he could add enough to it to make it different, and he does. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it again. Daniel Craig's excellent. Rudy Mara is really good, and all the kind of Scandi cast in there. Can't remember who's the chief antagonist, but he's a really good actor. Um, and a lot of those actors are, are getting big parts because a lot. Yeah, they are now. It's yeah. coming in that that you know realm. A lot lot more things are shot in that Scandi noir kind of. Way in that I understand why um, a film from last year, which is American, uh, *Wind River*, um, is is all about snow and and it's a different film, but it's got that kind of American, stroke, Scandinavian feel to it. But I kind of highly recommend that. Um, it's a really good film, and it's it's not similar impact to this. This is is a lot grittier and there's a lot darker kind of undertones, but. Um, but that's it. That's a good film, and it, it, you see that kind of influence now into to the way films are shot in the States. And it's nice that Hollywood does take on board other influences. I know the UK is big in its film production now, and, and that's well respected. But there's a lot of films from all over the world that that need to be kind of watched and heard. And I think the, the girl that the hyper art and go to Drunk to Two originally is what took it that way, and I think it's it's only bettered it really. I think this film is 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 excellent. Sam, we'll, we'll touch on
3: you before we wrap. Yeah, I thought it was great as well. Um, as you kind of mentioned there, it definitely feels like it's a it was um a new a new direction for him. It feels a lot more modern as well. I thought. Um, yeah. Just even it's even the way it was filmed. Like you can definitely tell that it's there's a lot more just modern tech techniques in a crisp, clean, and where it's filmed. There's some just beautiful. Beautiful shots and the locations yeah. are fantastic. It was up for an just, Oscar you know, for
2: cinematography. Yeah. Um, I can see why. It, was up for, it won an Oscar mm-hmm. for film editing. Um, and like, like you said, yeah, there, there is that to it, those locations and the way it's shot. It's just, it's different, isn't it? It's different from Fincher.
3: Yeah. 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 It um, did have, as Luke said, it kind of had the same, kind of some of the same elements that Zodiac had, just that it had those bits where they were doing the kind of the the uh, procedural kind of bits that went on for a bit yeah. and where there wasn't a lot of kind of action, but then it did get it. I think it's kind of had that kind of a feel to it, but it was, it just felt a lot cleaner I think, or something.
2: Like yeah, something no, no, no. To, to it, do it, with it's the snow clean. as well, yeah. like
3: the white everywhere and it was, you know.
2: No, no, I'm with you. I, no, I'm with you completely. Um, it's it's interesting, like you said, IMDb just looked at the guy who won the Oscar, Angus Wall, and he's worked on like Game of Thrones and Social Network and Fight Club and um, a film called Voyeur and Icarus and some interesting projects. And and they do, man. They, you know, it's not just of what a director influences on the film. Everyone will talk about cinematographers, and the only one they know is is usually Roger Deakins, um, who might finally win an Oscar for Blade Runner 2049 um and it's been up loads of times but never went for a lot of other things and you do you notice that with a director when they start working with different people or when they work with the same person like nolan does i can't remember who nolan's cinematographer is but it's someone that he uses all the time um and you can just tell because they've got that complementary style that this for me because fincher films are always notorious for being in the the states and a lot around buildings and not about landscapes, you know what i mean it's 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 always about streets and buildings and it's never really about more open areas and I think that was what felt different to this because Scandinavia and the snow and the housing and everything nothing nothing alike to American streets you know and suburbs so yeah it it did feel a distinctly different film um it had a few Zodiac kind of moments to it for me in terms of the way it was shot. And I could see that influence, but, but yeah, again, I'm all for more of this. Um Yeah. As you can always tell, I'm a huge fan of, of David Fincher as I think we all kind of clearly are. And, and the more you talk about him, the more you kind of feel like he does influence maybe the films I like in particular, but also the kind of films that he, I think has inspired other directors to make because that's definitely the case he's referenced by so many people as having such an influence on, on the way things are done. Um, you look at get out, which I hoped does well at the Oscars and it's obviously got that horror kind of dark comedy kind of mix, but there's definitely, I don't know, felt like there's Fincher undertones to that film. And, and you know, it, it, you watch films now through that, that reference point, well, oh, I do anyway. And you can just kind of see that that influence from from pioneering directors. It's been nice to to discuss this. This is a big opening two pods for me. A um, little bit nervous coming into this because uh, I've obviously said one word in particularly a lot because I'm probably a little bit nervous, <laughs> um, which isn't like me because I clearly love to talk about film. Um, but but as I said at the beginning of the this kind of first part, um, it's it's a big thing for me coming on to do this. It's something I've, I've wanted to do, but would never, never have dreamt of. So kind of, you know, always just happy to be involved. Um And I made my debut doing podcasting going back about two and a half years when I came on to do Shawshank. And Joe forced me basically to come on and talk about Shawshank Redemption, um, which I absolutely loved. And since then, I've gone on to do a, a comic pod, which I am still doing and just other things. And, and it's given me kind of confidence to do that. Um, and I, you know, like meeting new people, talking to new people. And I think Twitter is a great place to socially interact about films and television and not just football because people just lose their head over things like that. Um, <laughs> it's nice to talk about the things that you, you, you know, you meet people like these two guys that, that you have a common invested interest in, and then it develops into to more than that. And it's the same with Stu and me um, on the comic pod because it's two guys that have a, a similar influence and um am off to his wedding in next month and you know we're really close mates and and it's good what it does for people so I really love all the interaction I love all the kind of people that have got in touch and congratulated me and, and you know give me the vote of confidence and stuff which I really appreciate Um and like I said you know there's some excellent if you want to go back and listen to the stuff Joe's produced before he does some really good takes on some really classic films Um I've been really ha- lucky to be involved in a lot of those and and you know, appreciate all the kind of feedback and, and stuff for these pods and, and the direction we're moving forward. Uh we're covering Tarantino next in a couple of weeks, hopefully. Um again this will be quite a long podcast or two, <laughs> I would imagine. Um it's hard with directors that are this 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 because they obviously produce so many quality films. Um and looking at maybe Villeneuve and a couple of different things and maybe soundtracks in films and trilogies and childhood classics. And there's a lot of stuff that I've, I've wanted to talk about um, uh, for a long time and, and we'll get to do. Uh, I just want to thank you two for coming on. Um, I genuinely, genuinely appreciate your time and, and all your thoughts and, and open my mind up to a few different things that I hadn't thought about, which, which is always great for me.
3: Yes, I'm my pleasure. Thanks for having us for, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Thanks no, mate. I enjoyed it.
2: Oh, no, it's really good. And I, I did think of you two quite early, um, coming on and I know you'll be on a lot in the future um and I like to like I said talk to people that you know again it's all influence so it's it's not I you know with films and stuff I'm I'm not a stubborn guy I'll, I'll watch films if people recommend them and the 100 films thing I'm doing which I've got lists of and it's on my Twitter page um I love because I'm watching things like South Korean cinema and Japanese films and you know foreign language films and films that you kind of on the edge of watching and then have not for one reason or another um I watched Rush most recently and I thought that was excellent um and you watch films that maybe you you, you know you just kind of had not considered at one point or another and, and just not done and it's it's a cool thing to do and it's nice to be open and honest and then just say yeah hold my hands up and I didn't watch this don't shoot me I will watch it <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's been fun it's been fun so I'll continue to do that, and I will be back with you in a couple of weeks, um, probably discussing Tarantino and again and just going a bit crazy for for some <laughs> of the incredible films that he's produced. <laughs> Take it easy. We will catch up with you soon. Thanks.
0: Stop.